We're with Katie Winger. I wanted to tell us about yourself. In my own self-healing process, mm-hmm. I found that body work and freedom of movement and expression helped me declare who I was and find my kind of primal female earth strength coming up through me. And I was in college doing pre-med, but wanting to do it in an artistic environment because I couldn't find the through the blank canvas and the chunk of clay how to show the form, but I wanted to do it artfully and creatively differently. So I decided to go do pre-med in an artistic environment at Bennington in Bennington, Vermont. How long ago was that? 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I looked at all girls' schools and I came back to the East Coast after being... I had this stunning six-foot-two Hawaiian roommate who would glide across the room. And I'd been an athlete and a jock and a ski racer, a horseback rider, a gymnast, but her refinement of movement so spoke to me. And I said, how? And she told me, I got rolfed. So I found the closest rolfer an hour and a half away, over Hill and Dale to Amherst, and my very first session gave me a three, four-hour session. How many years ago was this again? This was 1976. 76. And it was inordinately long and dark, and and it clouded, and I didn't understand what he was going for when he'd work on one side and say, stand up and tell me what it is. And I I was so frustrated at not being able to describe the sensation. Well, describe for people who don't know what rolfing is. It's a structural integration process. It's a series of ten sessions. Of body work. of, Of intensive body work. And back in the mid-70s, and here I was, 18 years old, going and laying myself bare to this man who was steamrolling and plowing through my, my flesh to the verge of it almost being violation. And this was how Dr. Rolf was portraying the work back then, because nobody knew how to get through to that layer. So the Rolf thing is named after Ida Rolf. Dr. Ida Pauline Rolf, who was a biochemist with an arthritic spine, and she had to find freedom. And... She used osteopathy and chiropractic and what was available to her in the 1920s and 30s and was trying to prove herself in a very male realm at Columbia University. And she was out in the field for 40, 50 years synthesizing it, but she was a scientist with metaphysician kind of tendencies. And she ended up in Esalen kind of finally being acclaimed for what she was doing after working on illustrious actors and artists and whatnot, and wanted to leave a legacy of this 10-session series. But she recruited a lot of big, powerful, athletic men. Um, the deep movement around yeah. the fashion. Yeah. And then you studied there? I was, gonna, I was even asked to be Dr. Ralph's assistant, but I refused to learn how to type. <laughs> and she was doing a book at the end of her life. And I was too claustrophobic to be brought to a typewriter. I wanted the freedom. So Rolfing gave me this... Um, kind of unbounded piece, this gotta dance piece, that I had to find what this new freed up form was. Because you were a dancer as well. No, I started yeah. dancing After as that. a result. Got it. And I had a, a dance teacher, a modern dance teacher there who said, you'll never be a dancer. And that just infuriated me. And I came back just so bombastically and started dancing my heart out, uh, literally and figuratively. So the raw thing actually dropped you 
more into your body mm -hmm. from your head. Mm -hmm. What is your intention when someone comes to you now? Because what you do now is so different. It's so different. So, yeah. so, what is the difference between what you do now? I needed the template, and I needed so. to practice in that medium for you know it's now thirty-five years, but it started to shift even within the next few years, and I started integrating cranial sacral and visceral manipulation. Mm -hmm. But it was acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, that gave me the vocabulary, the poetic essence of nature in the body, and gave me all the artistic constructs I needed. So then I started shifting. I worked mostly with avant-garde downtown dancers that were very kinesthetically astute and aware of their bodies. They taught me a lot my first 10 years out. And then just New York practice. You know, I had a lot of HIV AIDS in the 80s, and then I decided once I had kids, I didn't want that in the web of my young children through the 90s. And every decade was a, a layer of personal evolution within the work. And now I can really claim that I know what I know, and it's shifted to really deep listening to people's pain and how they bind it in their bodies. So that's actually, that's a wonderful point, and that's what I want to talk to you about, because me and you have talked at length about as two body workers, how we live in a culture where people's heads are so dissociated from their bodies, and what's always impressive about your work is how you've refined your listening through your hands. So what I want to ask you next is, what is your intention? So someone comes to you, and let's say they have pain or they have shingles or they have headaches, but what is your, your own personal intention that you might or might not share when you put your hands on someone? And it's all about clarity of intention. And for me, it's eliciting permission to get into their webbing so that they can drop into my hands. And I can feel, it's a palpable difference. Mm. And it, the whole textual weave of their being changes. And so you're making a hand of relaxation as you're doing this so people can't see that. So I do it very underhandedly. Oh, I've experienced But I'm also doing it spatially mm -hmm. between my hands. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of culling and pulling. I'm not trying to force my will by any means. I mean, it's clarity of intention to get in there, but I'm always following body direct... The person's... You know, it's a kind of call response. I'm eliciting permission every step of the way, every pulse and nudge and, you know, I'm just, sometimes I feel like I'm just following directives, but it's more, I'm also trying to, I'm not pushing to the light, I'm just holding until there's a surrender and then there's, you know, it's in acupuncture when the meridian directs and the obstruction goes through, so it's flow. So it's so hard to talk about this stuff. I mean, it's really it's, it's hard. very frustrating, I know. But that's what I was talking about the my very first rolfing session. He left me in the dark. And I spent all these years Less using dance now. academia, trying to find the vocabulary to I describe the sensation. So now I've had 35 years of listening bedside, table side, mm -hmm. and feeling with my hands, and then hearing the content of it. So I have this library, this catalog, of sensation, and now I know, oh, that's what that feels like, you know, this reminds me of that person. So it's the laboratory, and now having, I have this sensate information that's very different than the thinking realm. 
and so that I can cross over from the mental to the so that's the thing right so sensorium to the so that's the thing so the thing is that people come to you very heady yeah and you do help them drop into their bodies and many times people aren't aware of the emotional aspects that hold in their bodies so you have to weave through that so yeah. talk to me about that how do you drop them into the, yes yeah. because part of their neuromuscular bind is trying to still the, the water still the emotions and their fluid systems in their body so so for a layperson how would you describe it so yeah no so 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 much of it is the rebirthing rebreathing the just introducing back the person the skill set that you can breathe through things mm-hmm. but they've got this internal pressure pressure force of getting their mind into their breath that they can start moving things in their body any way they want to so I'm literally using imagery and anatomy with my hands to give a spatial reality that you can change things that you have the ability to go in so the way because I've experienced your work and I've been raw for 30 years myself and your work is so subtle but it's so so powerful I always see it as an invitation to drop into a body which is so profound in a culture that everything is dissociated I mean I also find a lot of body workers acupuncturists massage therapists rothers are dissociated well they're too busy in their muscles okay so, so talk about that what do, you, what do you mean by that? that's, that's a great point what do you mean when someone's too busy it's pure action doing mode which is what the culture is pulling us out into too which is the head being yeah, disembodied which then we right? get into a neuromuscular bond yes And then there's neuroendocrine, there's different... You know, so, so let's talk about that. So, so that's actually a beautiful point you're making. So when someone's very heady and is stuck in that fight-or-flight mode, whether it's early childhood abuse or wounding or a traumatic job environment, relationship, how does that manifest in someone's fashion? I know it's different for different people. Like, you know, we all have our unique holding places. But, so we hold stuff. But Dr. Rolf always said that the core grippings were the neck, groin, and ankles. Neck, groin, and neck. And that's close to your central vertical axis. But that's from a really basic musculoskeletal mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more. It's where we nip it in the bud, the brainstem coming through the atlanto-occipital hinge. The pelvis, of course, you know, we implode in our pelvis. Mm-hmm. And our ankles are holding on for dear life. You know, brought your, your Achilles being brought down. You have all these taut fibers being pulled around the heel and gathered into 26 bones, shuffling between two feet. And it's, you know, we're so afraid of ourselves even, but then we're on the run from ourselves. So I'm literally trying to get people out of their hyped-up adrenals that are keeping them up in their heads to this luscious, sensuous, ruby-red swelling mode in the body, which is fluid pressure around the diaphragm. And nobody even knows where the diaphragm is. Oh, it's incredible. It's this silken parachute layer. Oh, your imagery is it's always it's an amazing thing working with you. Let's just talk. I actually want to hear a case study about it. So let's just talk about that. So that's something I see all the time, right? The fight or flight, hyperadrenal, it's a very New York thing. And that's probably a lot of people listening here who their diaphragm is locked. It's fun to stay up. It's just been truly inspired. Truly inspired and being a crackhead. It's just that it's very hard to be be in that realm. So, right, these are people who wake up, drink three, four cups of coffee a day. Oh, caffeinated, yeah. Right, so caffeinated, hammering it, or just getting up, doing some very intense practice first thing in the morning and then drinking three chai lattes. (laughs) It's that whole experience. So, when someone comes to you. But they don't know how to say it. 
Well, Your nervous system is conditioned, yes, yes. but that's usually for emotional reasons. Yes. So, so break from, that down. So from break, back, from, and that's held in the past. So slow down, because we both go so fast. So yeah. let's break that down. So somebody comes in, so you're seeing that when you put your hands on them, you connect with the fact that, hey, this is a response to something that maybe happened when they're two years old or 18 months old. The very first thing I have to do to contact somebody mm-hmm. Start their left arm and get the rib heads right behind their heart mm-hmm. to stop jamming in. Incredible. And give them a little bit of breath creeping in and shock absorbing and cushioning their heart so it's safe. Beautiful. And then I feel their shoulder girdle positioning ease and then they start getting better conduction through their neck and better circulation into their head and I can see the color change within a few minutes. And then I have to prove it to the person so that I, you can make a little bit of a believer out of them. Is I say, you know, after just a couple of minutes, of, and then I drain all the arm tension out the palm of the hand. It's rivers back to the sea. Mm-hmm. And I say, now what about the other side? And this is what the bind you've been living in, and this is what a little bit of... So you, you short point yeah. to one side that you've already released, yeah. and the other side. So I, and I build on that slowly, but most of it is getting the space around the heart, and that gives me the initial... So that's, that's your initial. Do but you... it's also getting their heart under their heads, so that they're feeling supported, and they can drop it out of their hands. And what is the resistance level? Because it's very frightening for people who've been trained... That they're just the heads. All in the base of their skulls run the condos. And they do that, they take all that white, leathery fascial bind right mm-hmm. around their head hinge. So people, all the tension and the headache, that, it, the, that the headache, all that stuff is away. Which I always laugh about how we wear ties as men in this culture. It's actually a way of dissociating Colored, yeah, all the colors, so it's dissociating the head from the body. Because that seems to be the main problem. Right, this beautiful planet of ours is dying because we're just dissociated heads from the body. Because the body is, you know, millions of years old, has its own innate wisdom. And to your language, initially, the whole patriarchy and matriarchy, I take that as head and body, where this, the will principle, the pushing forward, regardless, not listening, that's a very... And it's the, and it's the male aspirational, inspirational yes. piece of wanting to go spiritually at the top. Yes. Ascension yes. and women yes. descend and go earthy yes. pelvis yes. and we cross and the period and all that. So that's a very beautiful thing. So, what is the resistance that you find when you're working on someone? Obviously, when someone's ready to come to you on some level, they're making a commitment. On well, that's why I still go under the umbrella of calling myself a rolfer mm-hmm. because it's an act of courage, because it's got so much bad press, mm-hmm. bad rap, bad reputation. And I'm a little tired of having to defend the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the people themselves who are on your table then do they get more defended sometimes or do they, they come in with preconceived notions and then they come with expectations for a lot of emotional release well, where's the emotional release and it's like, oh just wait uh, and I don't find much resistance beautiful I mean every beautiful. person is a challenge to me that presents beautiful. And I, I feel them really get into my hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but if they don't want to talk to me and if they don't want to participate, because mm-hmm. then, then I start spoon-feeding them imagery. Mm-hmm. And we're such a visually oriented culture that I can feel them orienting to the visuals. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times their landscapes are very nature-based. Poetry has a lot of nature-based in it. So I call it body poetry. 
And body poetry. Yeah. I love that. And it's a language because you can't use harsh language around the body. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you get this neuromuscular bump. You, you feel people cringe. Mm-hmm. If you were, use a word like execute, or mm-hmm. ex, you know, you have to and be and being gently probing with my hands, I have to do use the language to match it. Well, let's throw some talking about language. I love that. Let's let's use some English language here to describe some case studies. For example, in Chinese medicine, which you're pretty well schooled in, we talk about liver being the seat of anger and stress. And in English, we say... Muscle bind. Well, <laughs> it governs the muscles. Oversees the muscles get. and tendons. And exactly. So that's how you hold all your joints together. Right. So someone, even in English, we say that person's very livery when someone's very aggressive or angry. So when someone... Bound rage in their musculature. Yeah. Say that again. Bound rage in their musculature. That's beautiful. But that's firmly that's held belief systems in their musculature. That's very beautiful. So that's a very New York. I mean, we see a lot of that in New York. Well, liver overseas decision making and choice, and you know that the overthinking is more in the spleen. Mm-hmm. But the spleen's another blood-rich, dense organ right on the other side of the liver, underneath the diaphragm, mm-hmm. where we can stay really uptight and you know and stop the blood flow. Mm-hmm. So, that's so way of control. and you can change the liver and the spleen action the way you think just by getting the diaphragm. So let's go back to the livery image. So we say yeah. someone's livery, so they hold tension in the musculature, which is very common. Jaw is tight, neck and shoulders, to your point, are tight. What does that per- person present when you release that? So what happens when you release that? Kindness. But being, it's a level of self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. That they're not being as hard on themselves. Because a lot of that bind is they're raging against their past, against themselves. Mm-hmm. They're trying to protect tra- old trauma. I mean, in your book, you know, you you call it shadows on the path, and I always call it no shadows on the path, because we're trying to get make it so that we can live without the shadows. Absolutely. I mean, you're doing it through the body, which I mean, I I am too. The thing that I just find so beautiful in your work, having experienced your work, is there is no resistance. At the same time, I also know you're very someone who's done body work for thirty five years. If one, and this is one of my problems with actually Rolfing, when I was first Rolf, my experience was similar to you. I mean, I went through it, I was 18 too, and I went through great depression because the Yahoo that did it on me <laughs> just obliterated <sighs> this musculature that we're talking about. So yeah. there, there is something about this work where one has to go gently. That's body mechanics. Yes. And it's, and it's well, engineering. The, and, it's the patriarchal model again. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though. And it's, again, it's like chiropractic. It's forcing pressure and will. Right. And the, an authoritative... Old school chiropractic. Yeah. 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 Where you kind of... Nothing under it. Yeah, yeah. Because that's... A, so, one thing I find, is this something in your work do you find? One thing I find, people are so excess bound, meaning that their musculature, there's so much that they're so deficient underneath, which is why they drink four cups of coffee a day, which is why they do a ton of sugar. But they're afraid yes. of sinking into the deep. Well, and also, but if you open the surface too fast, they actually collapse, and then if they can take them... The exhaustion, I call it the nervy trill. It's like a little hard, thin crust on the outside. Yes. And I have to warn people after the first session that you might just air out a balloon, yes. and that the deep... Kind of perpetuated exhaustion comes out. You can't deny it. You have to rest. Beautiful. And you know, so you have to slow people down in their tracks. Yes. But people don't even know how to regard their their exhaustion. Well, I feel, I find that people are so checked out, and now with the advent of the iPhones and all that, like there's really nobody home. I mean, right? The the 
The first... Because now the iPhones, that texting layer is going, it's going into the interstitial layer. We're not getting. Say more about that. That's interesting. We're not getting the suspension between the inhale and the exhale. We're not getting the electromagnetic fluxes mm-hmm. because the computer and the internet doesn't have any organic in, swelling. In it doesn't, you know, it doesn't That's have right. the moon pulling the ocean fluids that then go in the fluid systems of our own body. Mm-hmm. It's I get so impatient on the computer because it's oh, if you have a better modem and you have to wait and the speed is all calibrated off of something inorganic. That's brilliant. And we're pulled out of our pure life force. Right. So now we need even more organic food and sustainable practices to bring us back to back to Earth and out of this over-humanized realm. The dissociation piece is pretty profound. I know for you, you've been also working in the city for a long time. It's so interesting. But I love it, too. Well, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not putting it down. Yeah, I'm saying the, the dissociation piece with, with these... With these Products with these iPhones and these Androids. Well, it's the neuroscientist who goes into the science realm. It's the magazine publisher who's going into the literary realm. We have different ways that we want to be in our heads too. Because how do you deal with antidepressants and heavy pharmaceuticals and anesthesia and synthetic hormones in our realm? Well, this is part of this connection, right? People are so disconnected they don't realize that there is a whole soul robbing effect of these meds. And not you know, the people who need meds, it's not that, but the way is just. Panned out. I mean, I have young people that I treat one. Oh, I just came from a young, a young writer who's on the team and, you know, yeah. trying to manage her addiction and her smoking and right. is doing it with a lot of exercise. And she came, her mother sent her to me when she was 16 years old with a bad scoliosis. Just, in just this huge grumble that was affecting the entire family dynamic. And after I put her through the 10 Rolfing series and gave her tools to deal with her scoliosis and find her her own alignment of who she was, her mother called me in tears and said, thank you, the, everything's changed because she knows how to self-manage. And that's a lot of what I'm doing in my work. So here, 15 years later, she's back. Her mother died but left me saying, take care of my daughter after I die. And to see the mental illness piece come in and how she's had to reconstruct. And now she's doing it very creatively with writing, but she knows she has to do it with movement, and she's using ballet, and it's really precise to get her back into the, out of the scoliosis. But she knows when she has to come to me. And it's we don't talk about it, but it, it's true. These, you know, this young, hyper-intellectual crowd, too, Yeah, and it's managing anxiety, and there's a level of terror in there that then goes into the adrenal kidney piece. You're talking about the liver anger piece. So let's talk about that. So let's talk about the anxiety piece in our culture, because that's something that's so profound right now. People are so, so anxious. It's kind of, look at all the branchings out of the top of the heart, and they get... But, but, but what, so, so, so we're talking to lay people here, so it's amazing. I wish people could see your hands because you speak so beautifully with your hands. So when people are dealing with anxiety, what would you point them to, someone who hasn't been rolled before? What should they... Well, it's like an asthma attack. Okay, but so no one, people don't know anatomy like me and Yeah, you know, but an asthma attack is like being afraid to breathe, and anxiety is kind of... Okay, that's beautiful. And so what how would you say subtle about? that... How would you... Somebody who... Grounding. Okay, so talk about grounding. 
finding your way out of your head and but pouring your mind like traversing down kind of like your own personal x-ray vision into yourself all the way down that's gorgeous so through your ribcage but your brain knows where everything is in your body but we just never use the time and the space to go in and breathing is one of the most beautiful inroads, and that's what pranayama and meditation gets so, to so, that layer. But to get deeper, you have to find your way to the ground. Okay, so talk me through. I'm an anxious person, and I want you to talk me through. As someone who does not know anatomy like you do, talk me through down from my head to my feet. What would you, how would you say it? As someone who does not know anatomy, just talk me right now. First, I'd have you sense where your brain is inside your skull. Okay. And just be aware of how you, th- you know, it's like the, the container, especially your cere- cerebral cortex, the anatomy is just imbued in everything. Yeah, yeah. But it gathers into like long stems of flowers that then go down into your spinal cord. And you know what your spine is. It's like this Greco-Roman column of support in there. Mm -hmm. But it's got a hollow tubing, almost like a glass elevator shaft, that the spinal cord goes down. Mm -hmm. And then you have this nerve tail that's coming out of your brain Mm -hmm. that just... It's like alabaster light inside. It's like electric fiber fiber optics inside our body Mm -hmm. that then comes down through the center of your being and then it's disseminating filigrees of light. And when you first come out of your spine, it's, you can, it bypasses your neck, and then it comes into the fullness of this beautiful, well-lit lung chamber. And lungs are really easy to light up because it's air and light space. And just a sense... I like to use animation and Disney images sometimes of... Pinocchio inside the whale, but finding you what it's what the room looks like of your own ribcage. And you always go down. Yes. Correct? Yeah. Correct. No, I never go down. And then I come up, and then I go out the other side. No, no, I, I know you do. But if someone who so here's here's one thing I find a lot of these meditations and visualizations that people do, mm-hmm. it really betrays that the mind is the master, because people start at the feet and they go up and finish up where the master lives, which is yeah. the mind. No. I find that you, you start... It, no, you got to yes, pull it down. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So just to actually pull the energy down through the body. Because yeah. I find with your work, it's always about... Yeah, ground. it's, it's grounding. Because we have to have our connection to the earth, because that's yes. what the, the head's disassociating us from. Yes. And my favorite image is to open the soles of your feet like trap doors, mm-hmm. and the gravity pour like puddles. That's a great image. So, so talk mm-hmm. about that. that. That's really profound. Because most people... Pull they, up. They pull their, up the calves. They muscle upness. They pull up into their pelvic floor. They don't yes. even know how to let their landing gear down. Right. Everybody's pulling their legs up into up under into their psoas under their diaphragms. Okay. And then that's impeding breath. Which is all fight or flight thing, right? right? People are literally in their tippy toes. They're up on their haunches and they're yes. yeah, it's and they're paralyzed in fear, but, or on the run from themselves, and that's all going to go into the psoas mm-hmm. and the, the diaphragm. The psoas, I call it the muscle of your core, but I also call it the muscle of terror. And it's because. in that fight and flight, flight and fight and flight place of it stops you in your tracks mm-hmm. or it keeps you on the run. Mm-hmm. But it has a tendency to go from the inside of your thigh 
to under the diaphragm, and it can stop your breath, and it can stop your legs. That's the paralytic piece. Or you can go flushing and streaming into your central vertical axis and make you think fast and run fast. And that's the full spectrum of being full tilt or paralyzed in fear. And caffeine keeps you too speedy or too tight. And then the muscles have to come into play around the adrenals, and then we get exhausted because we're always muscling. So the kidneys and the liver are playing back and forth too. So it's so interesting in Chinese internal martial arts, and it seems in your work, definitely in my work, the intention is to take all the energy that's stuck on the surface of the body, which is really this fight or flight, the stress response, and take it and put it inside the body, to tonify the inside the body. You follow what I'm saying? So people yeah. build the musculature. It was very interesting for me back in the day when I used to work in Lincoln Hospital, the big guys would be the ones who would always faint. The big body workers would always faint. It took me a while. Oh, huge exterior core to protect their vulnerable, I mean, sleeves to protect yes. their vulnerable core. So that was the thing. There was yeah. so much energy on the surface. Literally putting a needle in them was... Oh, they deflate. Yeah, yeah. deflating a balloon and they would yeah. collapse. Yeah. Whereas in Chinese internal martial arts, the whole idea is to actually take that energy from the outside and put it on the inside. Dr. Rolf's whole 10-session model was opening the outer sleeve of the mu extrinsic musculature and aligning and then opening the core central vertical axis from the ground up. And then the last few sessions were integrating the inner and the outer. And most forms of body work don't deal with that core sleeve relationship. But then when it comes upper, lower, side, side, as well as inner, outer. And we're three-dimensional organic beings. So, but then most of my rolfing colleagues are dealing with gravity coming down, down, down. And you're saying, you know, the part about coming down versus coming up. But there's the electromagnetic thrust coming from Middle Earth molten core that it wasn't until I had babies and found out what it meant to take mineral richness into my body and create life, that you need this, and this is the female part, you need this primal female earth, mother earth support coming up the inner lines of your legs like a, like a geyser, like a, like a fountain head, mm -hmm. and to give you the pelvic support. Mm -hmm. uh, and that gravity comes down, electromagnetic support comes up. The, the electromagnetic support comes more through the solid mater matter and mineral richness and calcium in your bones. Mm -hmm. And the gravity is more the muscular suspended overlay, but they've you can't get you can't spill the weight of gravity coming down off of the bones clearly conducting up. Otherwise, you use too much musculature. So, Dr. Roth wanted to clear the muscles in the suspensory realm so you could have that bony thrust coming up from the earth. But a lot of my colleagues just got kind of in the, the gravity piece. Mm -hmm. And we've become, we've been pronounced as the gravity specialists. And I had a... Gravity specialist in terms of that you get the musculature to support the skeletal system that... Well, we kind of comb the, the flow pattern down right. so that you can find the bony right. support. Most people don't even know where their bony support is. I, you know, I try to get people into their bones. And I have to give images of sliding donuts over the, the dowel or, you know, over like the children's Fisher Price toy with the colored donuts. Send a red donut out. For, you know, it's, people don't know how to sense their own form. Well, people, there's nobody home. I mean, this is the thing. So 
So again, so let's go back to people who haven't been Roth before, haven't had body work. What would you get? Well, what is an exercise like besides feeling the feet? Is there something you could say that you would find? Well, language and imagery. And that's why I've been working on your, working on my imagery manual for, you know, it's kind of been, I wanted originally to have it accompany the 10 session series because of this logic that Dr. Rolf had of clearing the outer sleeve and defining the, the inner core, but it's so much more. And, but what you need, and that's what distinguishes my work from my colleagues, I think, is because I've been, I always watch how the cues with my touch can elicit more change. I went to NYU to do a master's and segued into working with my idiokinesis teacher, who then became my mentor for the next 25 years, Andre Bernard, and he would use his radio announcer voice to penetrate your body and he would give lectures to describe it and then have you go into the experiential part. I come out of his classes feeling like I just had a rolfing session. Mm. So then I started cross-interpolating and found that his imagery gave me directives even when I was working that gave me more clarity as does the sense of meridian flow, Mm -hmm. that I could put my mind behind the images and elicit more clarity. He gave gave me the directional flows of the body as as did acupuncture. Mm -hmm. And it's very different than rolfing. But that I just found the power of the word, of of finding how we wrap language in our bodies. And then we have beliefs and thoughts and emotions. So talk about that. They get stuck in connective tissue. So talk about that. So and that's the intermediary realm between. So, so that's a huge. That, that was a really wonderful point that you just made. Talk to me about belief systems and emotions trapped in the body, like in a layperson's language. Well, there's scar tissue, and scar tissue is connective tissue. Mm-hmm. And connective, so what's connective tissue? Connective tissue is the packaging material that holds everything in relationships in your body. That's great. It wraps around bone, it wraps around muscles, okay. and muscle bundles, and muscle muscle bundles within bundles within bundles. Every organ's wrapped in it. Every right. nerve filament is wrapped in it. So it's the communication there. I actually feel that's how acupuncture works. Yeah, no, acupuncture is totally connective yeah. tissue pathways. Yes, that's still in my field. So someone has a belief system or an unhealthy emotional baggage, how does that manifest? Creates a snag in the web. Great. And that can happen in a shoulder joint or in an ankle or it can can get into the base of your spine when you have self-support issues. It can clamp into your armpits and then that can make you anxious because you're trying to hold it all together. It's putting on armor, the Reikian term. Uh, I love that. No, but then we have emotion. We get impact blows to the body. Impact blows, car accident. That's that's huge. So, and then emotional trauma is we get. So, but so, so I just want to talk about both because those are both important. Let's start. Just keep going with the emotional trauma. So let's say I'm a caretaker. Obviously, every person is different. So what would you find? I'm a caretaker because as a child, I have to tap dance for my dinner. So when someone comes in with that image, obviously everyone's different, but as we both know, there's similar things. What would you find? So someone's neck is protruding forward because they're hypermobilized, because they're always worried. 
have to be ahead of. Yeah, it's too bad. You have to meet the person in their individual context. So, but what I'm trying to get out of you is. Yeah. Okay. Where does it show? Yeah. Or is there where, how, what's, is there like yes. a body pattern for the caretaker? Yes. Yeah, there are. Uh, and they do get ahead of themselves, and they give themselves away too much, and they give their energy away, so you can see it in their arms. But at the same time, they're giving it all away so much that they can't find their own hearts. Beautiful. That's what I want to hear. And they're even ahead of themselves in their legs, so their their gastrocs and their hamstrings are incredibly tight. Uh, and it gets them ahead of their bones. It gets them too much in action. And then we get into the Beautiful. too much muscling. And then they have to rein themselves in because they get they, they, they get scared because they're, they're giving too much away. And that's where addiction can get in there too, because then they, they an anxiety, it, it all mixes in. If you get bumped out of your body, then you need things to bring you back in, but then they're not really bringing you back in. So this, this is profound stuff. You have to understand things that are so, you get in two seconds. For yeah. a lot of people, it's really like, wow. Yeah. So this is a huge thing. So the fact that people are disembodied as a reaction to an early wounding that they then they hold in their bodies. An important point I want to talk to you about today is how many times people go to therapy, psychotherapy, head therapy for a long time, and the missing piece is the body piece. Yeah, and they're spinning their wheels and they can't drop right. into it. Right. I used to go, I went for 17 years plus of traditional Freudian analysis three times a week on the couch to unearth some of my early childhood sexual abuse, emotional mm -hmm. trauma, and... I found body work is what extricated me out of it more than psychotherapy, but occasionally I go to a psychotherapy session and feel my body release, but I would go for a, for a rolfing session and I would feel my body mesh release in such a way that then I got safe, it was a safe vessel for my emotions. Right. But that's where I feel actually where the psychotherapy yeah. piece actually yeah. helps, because also, I treat people like myself. You have to get an understanding. Yes, because you can have, you can release these traumas without the understanding piece, and it can actually be overwhelming. I mean, I've seen people no, break down. Your body is not ready to release the memories exactly. of these emotional traumas exactly. until you have the skill set psychotherapeutic. It's a Beautiful. therapeutic modality. Beautiful. And I find a lot of people who've had early childhood sexual abuse don't even have the skill set until they're in their 40s or 50s to even start to emerge. Out of it. And your body will only let you come out when you've got it. Otherwise, you'd have a psychotic break. Yeah. I mean, that's when with some of these people with like mushrooms or acid or ayahuasca, when there is this old trauma and people haven't dealt with it and it comes out that strongly, then that's actually the break. I just have a 68-year-old painter from Japan. He's hiding out in Japan and on the run from himself in this kind of perpetual adolescent mode. And he just... And too many drugs, too much everything, living, fast-paced, just propelling at light speed. And now he realizes, and you talk about it in your book, a family of origin and sense of belonging. And he was too afraid to deal with all that emotional pain of childhood. And now he realizes, and we can't get away with it. It's part of our spiritual development as well as evolution. We can't ignore it. So your body will let you get away with it for a while. Uh, you know, and I think puberty and menopause in, in, a, in a woman, and the male version of it, you know, our sexuality gets into a whole bind in there too. 
And I think that's part, it, it is really a major component of our being disassociated from our bodies, too. Say more to that. We're, we don't communicate well around our sensual needs, our essential sensual needs. We're too afraid to ask for what we need. You know, here we're talking about the caretaker, the overgiver, and the codependent culture that we're living in. And well, it's part of the distress of the feminine, isn't this? Oh yeah, and the feminine pissed offness, and the women are pissed, and then the men can't don't feel how to, how do you get back? How do you get permission to get back in? And you know, it's this dichotomous split. But then we, as women, we're being demanded to be more masculine in a masculine world, and. You know, it's the women are getting more male gang and the men are getting more young female and we're getting a little lost in the crossover. You know, the professionalism demanded of women and that we have to be more yang and active out in the world but then be mothers and do it all and then they get it's exhausted and their backs sad. go out. You know? That part is really, really incredible. Yeah. There seems to be. Do you find that in the last couple of years, five years, ten years, have you seen a difference in the speed at which people are waking up or getting hammered when not awake? I just wonder sometimes. Interesting. Because that's my experience, but, you know, I don't know. It's just my experience. But I find that there is more of a... They're getting hammered younger. Definitely getting hammered younger. The 30-somethings are really getting it. They can't get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Where people could phone it in before. I mean, there is something that's really positive about this, even though it's very painful on the surface. Yeah. Where there is a speeding up of this process. And I find I can get more done in one or two sessions that would have 10, 15 years ago taken Taking longer. longer. Yeah. And it's not just because of my own getting better at my no, craft, it's because there's something. But that's why I like working in New York, is we're fast learners. Yes. We've got fast immune systems, we've got, you know, we're fast thinkers. Yeah, but when you're just talking, I was thinking, because I, I all of a sudden brought, was brought into the absolute truth portal of assisting at births over mm-hmm. the last 20-25 years. Tell me about that. And, but what I like about that is the body doesn't lie and trauma really presents around the birth portal. And if the wrong person is in the room, the baby won't come out. But what I love about birthing is the mother has to get her mind out of the way and trust her body to give her just the intensity of contractions that she can handle and that it's more about the babies kind of calling the shots and for the mother to give up control of her body to you know through her birth canal and you know that cervix opening and the ligaments easing and allowing the contractions to move all her fluid systems and the extra pint of blood and having a placenta in the mix and all of it you know it's this, but if there's any sexual violation, even anything in the relationship with the father, it's all right there. And a, so the imprint starts that. And yeah. birth and birthing clarity, you have to you have to get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it's that force of life coming through, and that when every session I do is somewhat of finding the body has an innate intelligence and knows how to push through things. Mm-hmm. I was talking to this medical intuitive, and she says, oh, I power back things off. And I went, no, no, I like to nudge and work it, because we're, we're evolutionary beings in the river flow. And life is constant motion, and that's what gets us anxious, and we can't find the stillness, and we can't slow down. But if we can find the 
fluctuation in herself, there's still points at the top of the breath and at the bottom of the breath. It's built into every physiological rhythm in our body. And people just don't know how to get there. Well, that's the whole thing, the divine feminine as opposed to this masculine principle. I mean, we all pay a lot of lip service for divine feminine, which is exactly what you're saying, which is to be in the moment enough to trust to be in the connective tissue. To be in a, yeah, beautiful, soft. That's not yes, to be in the body on that muscle level. male pr- pushing yeah. of constant motion versus yes. bone stillness. And that's men as well as women. And that's the thing. It takes a certain amount of comfort in self, in body, to be in the moment, to be present to what the next moment Trees is revealing. Trees and rivers. You know, yeah. I just had a client in yesterday, and she needed the the kind of botanical vertical channels of the tree and the stillness of the forest but then she needed the rippling sounds of the water and the curves in there mm-hmm. and there's so many aspects of nature and sometimes we just need to think in other place and I can feel people's people change it's palpable change in my hands when they come to a place that they know well that the sensory apparatus of the smells and the the quality of the light and the feel of the land are in them. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and it's... In New York, we get into too much doingness and turbo-blasting. That's back on the internet pacing, and our pacing's not our own. And we have to know, we have to get a skill set. That's why yoga and Pilates, but that's a little too much doing this. And meditation is even raining in your mind. It's, you know, sometimes we just need freedom. So talk to that. That's a very profound point you're making. We need dance. We need to allow yeah. ourselves yeah, allow to me. squiggle, wiggle, or explore around corners. I just got accused of looking like this, this two-month-old baby that, you know, that I moved in the same way. But... We don't allow us. We don't grant ourselves permission to. Be. You know, it's like we need a sports trainer to tell us how to move. Mm. We need a meditation teacher. We need psychics, gurus, whatnot, and we're giving up our our own self discovery. Yeah. That's deep. But it's so talk about that the freedom. Yeah. Talk about the freedom. Talk about, for example, meditation. So, how would you see? Because I see that I see people who can really quiet their mind. And it, it can be a very wonderful tool, but they're so anal retentive. I can. To, but they're so, trying to get the, the mental body chatter out. You know, it's like why not discipline our minds to flow into our bodies with body imagery? Well, what I was just saying, trees and and rivers, but see where it goes inside your own body. But people don't know how to turn their imagination in on themselves. Well, everything that's around us is training us to go out. There's no money to go in. The money, that's, that's part of the system. Well, you said you want to kiss it. I just had a stand-up comedian, masterful musician, so far out. And he was like hovercrafting a foot off my table for about an hour before. And I was just setting my hands underneath, come down, come down, come down. But I had to get him out of his fast-talking delivery, which he gets paid a lot of money for and gets his acceptance, and encourage him to just settle into my hands, uh, wrangling, wrestling him back into his form. 
I find comedians or funny people in general yeah. to be the most difficult to work with because they're performers. Or ballerinas, yeah. Because well, everything's on the outside. Yeah. So they, they learn at a very young age. Talk about tap dance for your dinner. They're literally tap dancing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, so pull them into the actors physical body. And yeah. Children of actors yes. and trying to, yeah. yeah and the care, you know, the caregiver, caretaker, but being yes. too far out. Yes. But the whole culture is out. You're right. Culture is out, and the culture is also incredibly narcissistic, which also is <sighs> vampiric. Combination. So oh. the vampire and that, that they're both. It's just that. But then the narcissism is a protection oh, and absolutely. arrogance and conceit and. You know, it's and, all, and that's it's all, all to, it's all the well, insecurity underneath it. Oh yeah, neither works, right? So yeah. the vampire and, you know, there, there are no victims and everyone's a victim. Everyone's victimized by the system, but there are no victims in that, you know, we don't know how to be honest. So to your point exactly, again, so these wonderful things like meditation, like yoga, like martial arts, they can be and are bastardized regularly because it's still coming from this place of, I fucking hate my body. I hate my mind. No, no, it comes down to basics body image. Yes. And the culture is all about cosmetics and makeup and. Yes. Oh, it's the eating disorder thing. Oh! I mean, in, in, <laughs> just in the city, again, I don't know how it is, but. I'm juice just, bars everywhere. You juice know, bars fast, everywhere. We, fast food and supplements yeah, and. Yeah, it's like. Nutritionists and so yeah. that we can sh- cut corners and. Yeah, it's all like cutting corners because we're trying to fit into something. And this is a part of it. I mean, you know, just like you, we've both been around uh, newborns coming into this plane and helping them in the last couple of decades. It's amazing because it's evolution. These kids are different, obviously, than us. Well, you watch my two kids. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's amazing. But at the same time, they're not that, it's not that fast. I mean, the amount of external world has changed so much in the last 10, 15 years that we haven't really caught up. So... You know, just talking to you is so interesting. I just see it as an invitation because the body, the thing that we see as an impediment is actually the only way. We have to come back to we it. We have to come back I to mean, it. I mean, we got to work cut out for us yeah. because yeah. people do not know how to do it. They don't know how to do it. And a lot of things that are presented as coming back into the body. I mean, I treat martial artists, like, you know, like you've been around the dance, martial arts, yoga. These are people more disconnected than most people. They have oh, amazing Modern dance is trying to give birth. And all their really Tell me about 20, that. Years, 20 years of technique. Yeah. That's got to be oh, interesting. Yeah. I find the same with martial artists. Yeah. Everything on the surface. Five day birth and couldn't get past her belief systems out of how she should have the perfect birth. It's amazing. But she also had an ED for eight, nine years that I kept on trying to tell her to get out. It was too much of an irritant. And it created huge birth trauma that then rippled through to miscarriages afterwards. So. Yeah. You know, we don't, these things that we think are helping us are oh, that, that, wreaking havoc. Well, that's the thing, the level of disconnect. And I find that people that are masters, let's say a yogi or martial artist or meditation teachers, most very well intentioned, a lot of the times the things that have worked for them will not work for other people because most of those people are very disembodied. I don't come across a lot of embodied people. No. I you don't know what I mean? It's like very rare. I mean... You know, Master Young, martial artist guy that I've been training with for a while, he, he seems very that way, but he's super calm, he's very connected. I've been around like everybody in martial arts guys. No, when I was first doing acupuncture, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go to the sunset and wake up with the sunrise and yeah, eat yeah. <laughs> and yeah. follow those prescriptors, but if you do, there's a deep, profound balance in nature. So I guess that's the thing. All one can do is invite people, but people really love their drugs. And when it's drugs, it's easy to see if I have a heroin addiction. It's easy to see 
When is this connection under the guise of connection? Well, I meditate every day for half an hour. That's where you get But heroin slows you down to speed in a different way. You know, it's no, no, totally. But people still use yeah. things that supposedly the external look like something that's connecting and are incredibly disconnected. Yeah, because my feeling about any kind of addiction is then it has you cruising deluxe on this layer that you don't drop into your body yes. again. Yeah. Yes. And the addiction, again, is easy to see when it's a chemical. Mm-hmm. But people don't understand the juicing all the time. It's this not is just, another kind of chemical. Yeah. It's not a chemical because when you're juicing, you're going to yoga and martial arts as a, as a people do all the time. And a lot of reformed addicts are going to you know intensive yoga practice. Totally, and the stanga doesn't let you settle into your body. It's a lot of those things are actually too many poses in forty-five minutes. Like I yeah. get, I feel cross-eyed coming out. Of that. Well, again, it's interesting, right? It's that's a practice on a very hot weather of a very young boy because the sexist culture that it was. Um, People are totally drawn to very specific practices because it actually feeds the negative aspects, not the positive. We actually go towards, if you're someone, this is one thing I learned treating drug addicts for years. If you're someone who's really fast, yeah, you, you, yeah. you would go something fast. Well, you, the you would think, loves likes, exactly. Yeah. So you actually start smoking crack or you actually do coke or you take speed, not going to something that's going to slow you down. And vice versa, if someone's actually slow, you go to something that actually slows you down more. So you do heroin, you do opium, you don't go to something. So it's incredible how our bodies, and my understanding of that is, we go towards things that will actually break us faster because it's the negative hand. It's the left-handed path to But then that up. causes your body to have to go into a healing crisis. To, you know, and it's like, or die. It's, yeah, or it's the or AA die. bit of that you know, crash and burn. It bottom, and resurrect, yeah. yeah, the phoenix and... But, and again, all perfect on that level, but energetically, we're at a time right now where these things are so available. So the eating piece, you know, people go, I'm eating well. It's like, well, no, it's minus 20 outside, juicing is not eating well. But it's organic. Yeah, but this is like, your body can't digest that. Actually, people no, you know, that. all they're feeling them, people, their digestive pieces. Oh, you're, digestive piece is huge. Oh, you're missing oil, you're missing, yeah. yeah. The digestive piece is huge, and people look like the walking dead. They're all pasty and this and that because of these hyper, hyper detox diets, which is supposed to be done in a warm weather. don't detox in the winter. Yes, but you say that as someone who knows because in your body, like, people might read that and they don't understand. People don't understand, like, if you're listening to your body... But that's changing. But that's... Yes, but but people don't even know how to live in nature. Well, that's the point. We're not. We're even getting cut off from. Look at what we're in right now. Totally, it's it's the light thing, and just for example, just the light thing is so interesting. How they just move the clock an hour forward and backwards, as if it means nothing to the physical body. Jet lag. You you put it before jet, but that's how disconnected we are. So again, having said all this. What do we offer people as the end, as a way of connecting? So people are working these 12-hour jobs and they don't have time to go take a hike in nature. What would you say? Would you, what would you give them a prescription on a weekend day? Would you say, hey, try one day to go down and sleep when the sun goes down, wake up when the sun comes up? What but that, that's actually, actually rest. Rest. So many people don't know how to rest. So tell me how to rest. I mean, I don't even like to get into an Epsom salts bath, but when I do, and it opens up your pores, it, it's, it demands it of you. That's uh, Or, I mean, to bask in sunlight. People, you know, people always gravitate to the beach, and the sound of the surf starts to breathe, but people aren't even going to beaches anymore. Uh, or the beaches that they're going to, 
have sand barriers and seawalls so that the, the surf isn't coming up and caressing them and drawing their fluids. So, so, so someone's listening in Manhattan and they don't have a bath, so or anywhere listening to this and they don't have a bath, what would you say? Water. Water is helpful. Yeah, go to the Hudson River, go to the East mm-hmm. River. Or even in the shower for a little longer. I find like salt water, yeah. like have a salt bath in your feet. There's two things I used to do back in the day when I was living in the Lower East Side and in Harlem. And oils on your feet, anything to bring you down. I would just get, I had a bucket, I just put yeah, salt, just salt in it. Yeah. I just put my feet in it. And the other thing I would do is I had a little um, cardboard box and I had got a bunch of um, fine pebbles. They're a little bit rough and I would just walk on it in place. And I found that was so helpful. Yeah, but sometimes I even say five minutes of just lying down and letting it sink into your bones. That's feeling, a feeling That's we a don't pay attention to just watch the bind in your own spine and go That's sink, amazing. sink, sink. And it, so, so let's have people lay down now as they're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they can pause it. Let's have them lay down. They're going to lay down on a comfortable on a bed. This is kind of. I mean, this is my. Teacher's favorite image was to, you know, it's a little hard because we're in deep winter and snowstorm right now, but he would say, imagine your body as if it were a water lily on a warm pond. Okay, so they're, they're laid on the floor, mm-hmm. so have them imagine. Go ahead. That your entire body, it's as if you're lying, that your body's the water lily. Okay, beautiful. On the warm pond. Beautiful. And you've got the sunlight coming from above. Beautiful. But then you've got the perfect temperature of water from underneath. And it's merging in your body and you're flowering. Mm. And you're feeling the surface tension of the water. And just the inherent undulate, gently moving your internal body fluids. Mm. And just... Allow that to get through whatever bind is in your body so that you can be part of this sensuous undulate of the water lily on the warm pond. That's beautiful. And just get heavier and just sink down and get lighter and float upwards. Thank you, Peter. That's really lovely. <laughs>